Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody and welcome to the show on KOA News Radio. Logan Lewis back at it. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis with bad voice, and Kathy Lee with good voice. Get rid of that frog. I man. know, right? Go away, frog. I think I need to uh, honestly think I need to take a couple of weeks with, uh, well, preferably not unpaid vacation, but <laughs> but you'll take it. Is that an option anymore? No. So many options. For, for some. Not no, for you. Not an option? Not for you. I don't know. They might not mind if you took an unpaid vacation at this point. <laughs> good I mean, good point, really? Rick. Good That's point. That's probably true. You're probably right about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, 303-713-8585. So we, uh, again, welcome you to the show. We're going to be here till noon today. Mandy Connell from noon until 3. We have, uh, we have plenty of things to talk about, starting with... There was a memo that somehow got leaked. I always, I love these things, right? I mean, I love how these things happen, and they happen all the time, and they happen because they're 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 supposed to be leaked. But an NFL memo talking about what the plan might be with respect to fans being able to attend NFL games. I know there is some, you know, we we are experiencing now some, you know, high numbers in some states, in Texas and Arizona and Florida in particular, of COVID-19. And now, you know, what what sort of was assumed, and I still think will happen, that the NFL season would go on no matter what, you're hearing some, I would term it moderate pushback that at least questioning, hey, how, how are you going to pull this off? How with with the number of like athletes that are getting ready to get back into their respective sports that have tested positive, three of which are Colorado Rockies, how, how NFL, with many more guys on a team, how, and, and, and obviously it is not as Herm Edwards, the head coach at Arizona State, told us this week, uh, football is not a socially distanced sport, obviously. How are you going to pull this off? I, I still think they will play football, but Rick, it is interesting kind of what – uh, what they're talking about with respect to fans. Yeah, the NFL, according to this anonymous source, is reportedly going to let the teams decide how many fans will be allowed in the stadium. So they're going to give each team uh, that that uh, each team will decide on their own, which makes sense because, you know, say Green Bay compared to New York, you know, I, I think there's probably quite a bit fewer cases of, 
COVID in Green Bay than there is in New York City or L.A. or the other, the bigger cities. And then they can also, uh, they could change that from week to week. You know, if maybe uh, one place is having a spike, like right now we're seeing a spike in four different states. Mm -hmm. Maybe you either don't let fans in that week or let in, you know, 10,000 fans compared to 25,000. I think that kind of makes sense. But here's the bad news. They did a survey in April, and the survey found that 72% of Americans would not go to an arena or sports stadium to see a, a game played. 72%. That's that, not, to me, that's not surprising. That was in April. So now we're, you know, we're into June now. Maybe people have changed a bit, but. I think people probably have changed, don't you, at this point, because they've been out now. In April, nobody was out. Yeah. And I think, again, I think people, if you talk to them and ask them that question maybe three weeks ago, I think you would have had a much bigger number that would have been willing to, to go out. I think now with sort of, Whatever you want to term it, resurgence, second wave, whatever, Texas, Arizona, Florida. Um, I think now people may be a little bit leery about, okay, wait, wait. Let, let's wait and see kind of where this goes. I was told, and again, a uh, couple of couple of people that I've talked to for a long time in the NFL, not, not here in Denver, because sometimes when I, you know, talk about stuff, I think people uh, – think I'm I'm talking with respect to someone within the Broncos organization that in this case is not true this this conversation or these conversations happened with a couple of people within the NFL and both of them separately said they thought teams were talking about at least to start the season having somewhere between 10 to 15 percent of their fan base Hmm. allowed into a stadium. The hope on that note was then to build up, to ramp up, as one said, uh, for every home game. And hopefully, if things go swimmingly well, then by the end of the season, he said by the Christmas season, that you'd have pretty much full houses. So, I don't know. In a related story, uh, they did a big study on the protest in 315 cities to see if there was a spike in coronavirus cases, and there was not. There was no spike. So millions of people out on the streets, most of them wearing masks, all outdoors, no spike in the coronavirus. So if that's the case, you would think you could put ten or 20,000 people in an open-air stadium with social distancing and masks, and you'd be pretty safe. I would go. I personally would go. If there were 10,000 people at the Broncos stadium. And would you go if you were not the color commentator I would. on Broncos radio broadcast? If it was, if the number was 10,000 or 20 where they're really spread out, uh, I, I would not be afraid to go. Yeah. I, would, I, 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 I wouldn't either. I'll put it that way. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, if our listeners would go. You know, would you go to the game? It's a good question. 303-713-8585. And especially if you're a Broncos season ticket holder, which, you know, there, there's been such overwhelming support for, for this franchise for as long as I can remember. Um, the season ticket base is enormous. One of, if not the best in the NFL. So if you're, if you're in that group, 
or even if you're not, even even if you you know you get a chance to go to a couple of games, maybe somebody gives you tickets, maybe you save up and buy tickets. They are expensive, but would would you feel comfortable, given what we know today, on this the 25th of June, 2020, would you feel comfortable going to, let's just say the home opener against the Tennessee Titans on that on that Monday night? Would your decision be based on how many other people are going to be allowed into the stadium? Would it be based on uh, what the requirements are for you to attend, whether you have to have a mask or you, I mean, whatever. But would you feel comfortable knowing what you know about everything going on? And I'm assuming most of our audience has been following uh, what's going. I mean, what else is there to follow? So would you would you feel comfortable going? That's a great question. This is the Broncos' flagship station. The uh, you know the Broncos do listen to this radio station, and this is a chance for you to. Let them know, let us know, if you'd go to the game. Assuming, assuming you go to games and you're a Broncos fan and you can get a ticket, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I, I think we'd have a much more accurate count if it's real football fans calling in rather than, you know, if you don't like football and you, you don't go to games anyway. I mean, I don't think your opinion holds as much weight. But as you said, Dave, this is a really loyal Fan base yep. with a huge season ticket base. Would you go? And, and I think would you feel safe going. I think it's a base that, for the first time uh, in the last handful of years, that they feel pretty good about the prospects of this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of an exciting time for the for the Broncos in terms of you know new system offensively, new quarterback, a guy that we saw for five games last year, Drew Locke, uh, a a. You know, a number of new faces on offense. The youngest team in the NFL on offense in terms of the projected starters. So I think a lot of people are thinking, okay, you know what? It's been uh, it's been a bit of a drought, but this year these guys have a chance to be a playoff caliber team. And and I think a lot of people are excited about this team this year for many reasons, with the young quarterback yeah. who showed a lot of promise last year. All the weapons they loaded up on the offensive side of the ball. They went from from no hardly any weapons at all last year. Think about that. At the end of the season, hardly any weapons. Now they have they have multiple weapons at multiple positions. You know what we call uh, that, Rick? A lot of juice. Plethora. A plethora. <laughs> That's a big word, Dave. Plethora. Yeah. I didn't plethora. learn that word at Long Beach State. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. How do you spell it? Well, I know how to spell it. <laughs> P-L-E-T-H-O-R-A. I'm a good speller. But I don't throw big words around like Dave. Wait, P L E H P L E T H O R A. All right, okay. Plethora. Very good. Plethora. Now you, you. What do you mean? You use big words. You, you have a nice command of the English language. You don't well, need me to you, tell Dave. you that. He used right? bougie. You, you uh, did use bougie. Well, I'm the one who threw bougie out there. You're right. We're getting a lot of text on this five six six nine zero. Yes, I'd go. Yes, I'm a season ticket holder. Another one, I would definitely go. Another one, yes, I would go. But then you have the problem from the 303 that says problem is you have people that think that they don't need to wear a mask. They stuck on stupid. I would say if and, you and, go to the game, you have to wear a mask. And that guy, I would too. And yeah. that but, guy who made that comment goes on to say, I would rather watch on TV due to my comment earlier. Let me ask you this, though. I'm a season ticket holder, and you know, I the people who sit around me, they scream and yell and what if they're drinking so they don't have their mask on and they're screaming and all their spit comes on top of you? 
Well, I'm assuming you're going to be uh, pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be far enough away. I thought away. I'd insert that word. You know, I'm hoping you're far enough away, but what if they only do like every other seat well, that and then every different. other seat behind you and the guy who's still screaming is like yeah. spraying you with all his germs? Well, since you are the shy, introverted type, I would worry about <laughs> you in that situation. No, I I think that, uh, listen, I think initially there's going to be there's going to be social distancing practiced amongst the fans. I mean, I can't even imagine... They're not going to let one section. I mean, if you if they open, and again, based on what my contact said, if they open to, let's say, 15%, mm-hmm. okay, that would be about 10,000 or thereabout people. people. And again, I, I, we, I said this a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've played in state championship games at what is now called Empower Field at Mile High. Uh, we played Columbine last year. I believe there were like, 16,000 or thereabout. We played Valor the year before, actually a couple of times. And I think one of those crowds was like 18,000. But basically, they all sat together in the lower bowl. And it was, an, I mean, it was a nice, for a high school game, it was a, it was a, it was a nice crowd. Mm-hmm. But if, if you, and, and they closed off the top tier, so people had to sit together in the lower bowl, which made sense. But if you, if you come up with a plan, I'm sure the Broncos are working on that as we speak, and you you take between ten and fifteen thousand people, and you spread them out over a stadium that seats, you know, almost seventy eight thousand. You're gonna you're gonna be able to practice social Plenty. distance. Do you Plenty sit in your regular seats? Say I don't know. See, say you're on the fifth level, right? And do you sit up there when three quarters of the bottom level is empty? More importantly, how about the hot dog and beer guy? Does he does he go up there? During but this that's socially saying, distance, like, during this whole time, or do you have to go inside and get your food? Are mm. the state because I was thinking about it that how do you determine if you're going to randomly choose? Say they do a lottery for your season tickets. Yeah. What if you got everybody who happened to sit in the same section and you chose them? Well, then you have to you have to move them. You somewhere. have to move them. I mean, I think you'll, I think you'll come in with an assigned seat that Not more than seat, likely though. will. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not be yours. Yes. What if you get pushed to a worse seat than what you buy? Well, if you're really upset about it, you don't stay home and listen, don't listen to me and Rick. But and, what if you didn't Susan. know until you got there and they said, by the way, when you get there, you'll find out which seat you're you, in. You raise, you raise hell and then you go to the parking lot, turn on the radio and, and listen see- to me, Rick and Susie. Well, that's perfect. I mean, that's not perfect, but it's... It's going to be a weird year. Just accept yeah. it. You've yeah. got to yeah. embrace it and go, okay, well, it's going to be well, different. Well, think about it. So where I sit at the Bronco Stadium... My seats are expensive, right? So what if all of a sudden I get pushed up a level? Like out of your expensive seats? Yeah. Speaking of bougie. Well, I'm yeah. totally bougie. So you get bumped out of the bougie level. Yes, I'm on the bougie level, but that's what I pay for. Well, you might. Well, see, that's interesting. That, yeah, that. I mean, may, maybe they break it down for club level season ticket holders. Yes. Yeah. You can yeah. only have so many in there. There. So then you sit somewhere in the club level. Some, somewhere in the club level. Okay. And right? then. And then. Uh, you know, if you're a fifth level person, maybe so many season ticket holders, 
will be allowed the first game if you're fourth level, third. Maybe they do it by levels. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be assured of being in the same level. You just won't necessarily be in the same seat. From the 719, um, 719-648, I'm a season ticket holder in my early 70s, and I would go. My husband would not go, and he would watch it on TV as he is high risk. I've been going to Mile High since the 70s, and I love the Broncos. Okay, I, I would think the majority, Rick, in, in this town, the majority of people, uh, regardless of their age, would feel like that texture. Yeah, based on yeah. the response we've gotten already, and we've gotten a lot of text already, all the phone lines are full. I, I, you're right. A majority are saying they would go in a heartbeat. Yep. I mean, I would definitely go. I just don't want the guy sitting behind me drinking, spitting on top of me. You don't want that even before the coronavirus. Well, that's very true. You know what I mean? (laughs) Jackie and Denver, we're going to open with you on KW News Radio. Morning, Jackie. Hey, good morning. How are you? We're great. Thanks. Good. Hey, so I I don't know if they meant it. So I'm a brand new season ticket holder. More than likely, as a result of all that's going on, I'm sure is how I bumped to the top of the list. So um, I'm also a healthcare provider. So I've been seeing this very closely, very personally, and very upfront. Um, I would go, but I would want and expect to see, you know, as you're talking about, changes, you know, social distancing, et cetera. We went to the zoo yesterday, and I thought it was very well done, very different. So how, how did they, what, what, what was what were the two or three biggest differences at the zoo? Well, <laughs> it was very quiet. It was very eerie. So we had to sign up for, um, they have a certain amount of tickets available in certain time slots, and you have to show up in this 15-minute window to get in, and you walk... Sorry, car. You walk through um, in kind of this giant circle. They've got a one-way traffic flow going through the zoo. So you can't go bebopping in and out and around, and all the indoor areas are closed. Everything was outdoors. Is there a time limit? Like, can you stay no, in there for four hours or just two hours? I, I don't think there's a time limit. They didn't tell me a time limit, but we went at 5 o'clock. So by default, for us, it was two hours. I don't know if there's a time limit if you go earlier. Not sure. Hmm. Do the uh, animals have masks on? <laughs> they did not. They did not. Okay, well, that's a, that, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah. 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 Jackie, thank you. Wasn't there, the, remember those two tigers that got corona early yeah. in New York? At least they, they've since they recovered. Did. From the zookeepers, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Since recovered. But I think now they all the zookeepers wear masks. I'm kind of like Rick, though. I'm not going to the zoo unless the chimpanzees have masks. Really? Yeah. Yeah, especially the chimpanzees. You'd be able to. Those those jokers are so smart. Well, what is you'd it be matter? able to talk, talk. I mean, you'd be able to talk sense to them. If you sit down and started communicating. Listen, Mr. Whatever his name is, we are in the midst of a pandemic. So, therefore, it's going to be really. Put the banana down. It's going to be really important <laughs> that you wear you wear this mask. And they wear But you know what? They can throw their feces at you. And Oh, yeah, they do. So, they need to wear diapers, too. One of the reasons that I like. <laughs> chimpanzees so much. I mean, they act out in various ways. Mark and Lamont, good morning. You're in KOA. Hey, good morning. Morning. Thanks for the call in. Mm-hmm. How are your guys' morning going? Good, good. Good to hear. So I work for a company who has numerous season ticket holders, and what they do is the hard workers get to go with them to the games. So as a reward, I'm doing. My only thing is, those masks are going to be coming off halfway through the game with drinking, cheering. So I think you have to be okay with that going in. And then that's when the opinions come in. Hmm. Yeah. 
I guess I, I think they may have to figure something out Thank about you, Mark. the eating and drinking. Well, you'd have to spread Mark. them out like you guys said. If there's yeah. only 10,000 people in there, you can spread them out far Absolutely. enough where you're not going to be in contact. Yes, it's a big stadium. Yeah. From the uh, 303-564, you wear your mask to football games, and I'll build the chain link fence to keep out the mosquitoes. Let those at high risk stay home if they choose. Let the rest of us live our damn lives. Hashtag down with masks, hashtag, ooh. Yeah, there's some bad words in there, the yeah. Hashtags. <laughs> there's some bad words in there. Don't okay. say it, Dave. Uh, from the 303-829, I'm a native, a fan, but I would not go. Pain in the ass, beer is a lot cheaper at home. 70 years before Broncos. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, from the 303-598, I will definitely go, even though I don't like Dave and Rick. If they want to invite me up to the booth, I would accept. <laughs> That's from I, our friend at How- Howie. Yeah, Howie. I think Howie's kidding. I think Howie's kidding. And finally, Kathy, this for yeah. you from the 719-964. This is Debbie from Woodland Park. Did Kathy Lee try the apple butter? I have not. Can we get that done by Monday? Yes. I have to just go to any grocery store and they sell apple butter? Yes. Yeah. What you'll, do I You'll put like it, on? it. Toast. On toast? Yeah. Put it on Easton's. To- Does he eat toast? No. English muffins? Nope. Does he? He doesn't eat. Any sort of bread? Nope. He, he eats bread. no bread at all? Not like that bread. Not like regular bread. Well, what what sort of irregular bed, bread does he eat? Uh, pizza that has. <laughs> Is that bread to you? Um, he doesn't eat breakfast food. Let's put it that way. My son does not eat breakfast Does he ever food. have eggs? No. What does your son eat in the morning? He eats Sushi. sushi. Sushi in the morning? He, he, he does. He eats uh, rice with seaweed paper. Sushi in the morning, sushi in the evening, <laughs> sushi at supper time. He's a Korean kid. Well, I knew that. Yeah, so rice is a staple, so you eat rice. So that's the carbs mainly that we eat okay. more than bread. We don't usually buy bread in our house. Well, maybe for the apple butter test. I need bread. Can I put it on crackers? What, what yeah, else you can you? You can put I, it on a cracker. Yeah, but like bread, a graham bread. cracker. But toast is the best way to yeah. go with it. So I should buy sure. some toast? Yeah. Okay. Or, or, or uh, Millennial Grant's idea is not bad. Graham cracker. Does he like graham crackers? Uh-huh. Loves graham crackers. Yeah. Can you put that on and then put a s'more in there, like a marshmallow, make it into a s'more? Probably. Uh, Would it taste good? Don't know. I've never had it. Just what do you want to mess it up? Is it weird butter? that yeah, we don't eat bread in our house? Well, it's unique. I think most people... Have bread in their house? I think most people do. A little do. bit, yeah. You know? I don't eat a lot of bread, but I love bread. I just Who ate bread. It? I just ate Rick's wife's Sloppy Joe's, and they were so good. My wife made Sloppy yeah, Joe's they... last night. You texted last night. Mm, they really were good. good? Yes, really I good. ate one this morning, and so I had some bread. Did you bring more in? We yep. have uh, enough for one more. One she more. said she may be hoarding it for herself, though. <laughs> so oh, she we, did. We may be out of luck, Dave. Okay, Millennial Grant. <laughs> we'll head to Arby's right after the show. <laughs> 9.28 the time. This is KOA. going to be baseball, which is the good news. Not as many games as we would uh, like, but uh, as we like to say here, beggars can't be choosers, right? Welcome back to the show. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee. Bob Nightingale's covered Major League Baseball for a long time. Does an excellent job for the USA Today, and I'm looking at his story uh, today as we welcome him to the show. Bob, welcome back. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and uh, Kathy Lee. How are you? Yeah, doing great. How about you guys? We're we're hanging in there. Um, you know, we've had you on a couple of times uh, during this mess, 
and and you had you maintained uh, all along the baseball. In fact, would get back. There were some days where I think people were starting to doubt that. But so baseball is going to return for 60 games. What in your mind, as we sit here today, what will the season actually look like in terms of the day-to-day dealings with the players and the coaches and the immediate uh, staff, support staff? Well, you know, there'll be uh, most places, no fans in the stands, probably not anywhere at, at the outset. Uh, yeah, just you have to wear a mask coming into the ballpark. Uh, you have to have your temperature t- check twice a day. Every other day you're going to have a COVID test. Uh, you know, and if, if you uh, test positive at some point, you know, self-quarantine and you won't be allowed back unless you have uh, two negative tests, you know, within the, uh, about 24 hours apart. And you, your temperature's got to be down for uh, 72 consecutive hours. So they're doing everything possible here. I mean, they, uh, very, very few people will be allowed in that clubhouse. Hey Bob, how much damage do you think was done to the the fan base of baseball with the the very public labor battle they had going on here the last couple of months? You know, I think once the uh, season starts, you know, once the regular season starts, uh, I don't think they forgotten about. Uh, you know, the bottom line is such a uh, you know such an ugly labor war there, but I'm not sure it cost them any time. You know, it's like if they were you know, remember at one point they're talking about playing on July 4th weekend. Well, last week all the spring training facilities have been shut down, were shut down, so baseball would have been shut down as well. And obviously, you know what happened at Coors Field the other day. So I'm not sure there was any any lost time in here. You know, you don't want to have your uh, you know arguments go public like that. But otherwise, I don't, I don't think they could have played many more games. It's interesting, uh, in the article you say there's no lounging in the clubhouse. Players can't come earlier than five hours before game time. They have to leave the park 90 minutes after the game. There's no buffet, only prepackaged food. No showers. Major League Baseball would prefer players shower back at the hotel. When players walk into the field, they must stay six feet away from everyone. That includes your own teammates, coaches, and opponents. Uh, When the game starts, not everybody can sit in the dugout. Some of the players will have to sit in the stands, spaced out between not only seats but entire rows. There won't be fans anyway. No more spitting. Tobacco's forbidden. You can chew, but not sunflower seeds. Gum is permitted, but you can't spit it out. I, I just think, you know, first of all, I'm just glad baseball is back. Uh, some of these things are going to be really difficult to enforce. I think the biggest challenge from the player's standpoint, aside from determining whether or not they want to put themselves uh, into a situation like this is they're playing 60 games, but they're playing 60 games in, in what, like 65 or 66 days. Does that sound right? Yeah. 66 days. Uh, That's a lot yeah, of games. So, uh, yeah. So July 24th will be the really open day for the Rockies and uh, most games will be two games on the night, the 23rd, you know, probably, you know, Yankees and somebody and Dodgers and somebody, uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, you're sque- not too many off days in there. And, you know, I don't think these players will, will get any uh, days off except for you can schedule days off. Time's too short to actually take a full day off. You know, spitting and, and finger-licking, it's weird to say, but it's such a big part of baseball. I think that's going to be a hard habit for these guys to break. 
is there a penalty for that? I mean, what do they do if a guy spits? Yeah, no penalty. Just say, you know, pretty much just, hey, don't do this. You know, more of a pure type pressure. Hey, you know, follow the rules here. So, yeah, no, yeah, no penalty. There's, there's going to be guys that still do it uh, out of habit. Uh, somebody hits a game-winning home run. Someone's still going to high-five them. So, yep. you know, it's just, you know, two habits are just too tough to break. Yep. Who, who does, in, in your mind, if we talk strictly from a baseball standpoint, and there's a 60-game season, who does that or or does that format uh, favor any team or teams that you can think of? Um, gosh, if you get off to a bad start, like really bad start, and we've seen that. I mean, one year not long ago, the Dodgers got off to, for their standards, a really slow start. I don't know where they were after 60 games. They came on to win the NL West, but um, it looked like for a while that uh, they weren't even going to be. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply in the playoffs, but who do, does this format favor any couple of teams in your mind? Well, it, it certainly favors the teams that realistically weren't supposed to compete, you know, like the Rockies. Uh, you know, for Hershey's games, you know, nobody, nobody expected the Rockies to uh, challenge the NL West title, but, you know, with the 60-game schedule, and we saw the Rockies were very hot at the outset last year, uh, anything can happen. So I, I think it, it, it certainly helps the teams, uh, the teams that may be weaker on paper or, or thinner than most teams. And, you know, and granted, every team's thinner than Dodgers, but you know you don't need a lot of depth now if you're going to play that short of a season. So both leagues will use the the DH. What do you think the chances are that the National League just stays with the DH after this season? I think it's very possible. I mean, right now it's scheduled to go back to the uh, old way one more time before the next collective bargaining agreement. Uh, but the players been wanting the DH for years. Uh, this year, you, know, you had to do it because the interleague games are, you know, a third of the schedule. And I think fans want offense and everything else. I think fans are tired of watching the pitchers hit. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see that uh, to see the DH in the National League, you know, from now on. But right now as we speak, it's 
still scheduled to go back to to the old rules next year. Interesting. Bob Nightingale, the USA Today, our guest. Final question, Bob, as you look at this uh, agreement, which took a heck of a long time to to reach, uh, do you believe the players will file a grievance uh, based on what they essentially, I won't say have been forced to do, but the deal that has been agreed upon, do you think that will uh, put the players in a position where it's a no-brainer they file a grievance against the owners? Yeah, I think they have nothing to lose. And I think they promise the players, hey, if you don't uh, agree here, uh, we'll file a grievance and see what happens. I think it's been, you know, a really long shot for them to win, almost like winning the lottery, in the sense that, you know, it'd be tough to prove that MLB could have played more games. When all the pre-spring training facilities were shut down last week, uh, you know, even now in the, uh, you know, some belt states, you know, the pandemic's raging out of control. So if they had gone you know, implemented a 48 or 52 game schedule. Yeah. Then they have a case, but a 60 games is pretty tough. Good enough. We're uh, looking forward to seeing some baseball, Bob. Thanks very much. Uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us and uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch. All right. My pleasure. Thank you guys. You Thanks, bet. Bob. Bob Nightingale, really good at covering major league baseball and he's done it for a long time. And I, I am anxious to see it maybe because I felt like we haven't, you know, we really haven't had, I love watching baseball. We haven't had anything to watch in the sports world. I mean, UFC we've had, and, and Kathy enjoys the bowling thing, but <laughs> I, I, I want to see some baseball. No, she, she's in table, table tennis. Yeah, table that's tennis right. My is bad. My thing. I've been she, you actually on gamble table. on table tennis. And yes. I know I can't convert you guys into watching Premier League soccer, right? Especially with no fans. I just no, I can't That's get the English it. top league. I can, yeah, I, I can watch it. that. That's I'll, what I've been watching I'll, on the weekend. I'll in the watch morning. soccer during the World Cup. I, I've, and I'm rather proud that I've come around to that level. But I, I don't know. I think that's that's pretty common sentiment in the United States, though. You get excited once every four years if the U.S. team's in it, and then it's kind of forgotten oh, yeah, I'm, by I'm the wayside again. I'm going to watch it for sure if U.S. teams are in it. I'm no, with you. No doubt about that. I watch I watch the World Cup. That's about it. Um, having not grown up with soccer, like this, nobody played soccer when we were kids, and so it's just hard for me to get interested in it. I think it uh, when they got you know a hundred thousand people in a stadium, going crazy. It, it is fun to watch with fans. I don't know how fun it would be without. The only thing I don't like is the boobuzelas. That's annoying. That that sound. No doubt that's annoying. <laughs> yes. I mean, I can still hear that sound in the middle of the night. Uh, I, know. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, we were talking with Bob Nightingale about Major League Baseball putting in a number of protocols for their players. It's going to be interesting to see sort of how they, Rick, and you brought up the question, how do you enforce that? Players received an operations manual that's 108 pages. You tell me. What person you know, especially in that age bracket, that has the patience to sit down and look at anything that is 108 pages, mm. you know? Yeah, and, and he basically said there's going to be no enforcement. It is weird to say, you know, finger licking and uh, spitting is such a big part of baseball, Bob. How are they going to enforce it? But it is, and it, and it has been for 100-plus years. That's a big part of the game. That's a hard habit to break. It is. If you're a spitter, you know it's a hard habit to break. It's a, it becomes a nervous habit. So uh, pitchers will report first, then position players a few days later. 
Players won't even have the same lockers, maybe not even the same locker room. All lockers must be six feet apart from one another, meaning some will be in the home clubhouse, others will be in the visitor's clubhouse, some will be in the umpire's room, others simply in the stadium workers' cafeteria. Hmm. Spring training will be divided into three phases, starting with individual and small groups, full team workouts, and then no more than three spring training games. So there's going to be three, uh, at least as of right now, three spring training games, which is okay. It, it's, I, I think you know, I think pitchers, you can't find enough pitchers anyway in today's game. But I think the pitchers are going to be the ones that'll be severely tested early. I think bat hitters. The everyday players, after a couple of weeks, will work their way right back into sort of prime shape. I think it'll take longer for pitchers. And I do think that he makes a good point about some of the teams that weren't considered to be legitimate contenders. The Rockies had, would would seemingly be in that, although I thought they had a chance to, uh, to have a good season, a bounce-back season of sorts. But 60-game season, man, if you in the first 20 games, you know, run, in, run into a rut and go 5-15 and – you're, you could basically be out of this thing after three weeks. Yeah, and honestly, Dave, I'm more interested in baseball with a 60-game season than I am with a 162-game. Really? I just think it'll be more interesting because it's a it's a sprint. More drama? It, more drama. Uh, each game is really important now. Where typically with a 162-game season, most games don't matter that much. Every one of them is going to matter. This, this season. So, for me, I'm more interested. If you hit a home run, win a game with a walk-off, or even pitch a no-hitter, you've got to act like you did nothing more than successfully washing your hands. No high-fives. Nightingale. The days of mobbing players at home plate, dumping coolers of Gatorade, shoving pies in their faces, are over. <laughs> and when you get to your hotel, whatever you do, don't stop at the bar for a quick adult beverage, or grab a bite to eat in the hotel restaurant, or even use the elevator. The use of an elevator isn't prohibited, but Major League Baseball is requesting all players to have low-level rooms and to use the stairs. How about how about if you hit a home run, is the first base coach and third base coach allowed to slap you on the butt when you go by? Is that on the list? Uh, n- not that I know of. So that's still going to be allowed? Okay. Yeah, well, they usually dap them up in some regard, right? It's either, always a butt slap when they're when they're going around the base. It's a hand, it's a handshake, and then, and then as you pull him by, the butt slap, slap his tutty. So butt. no handshake, but the butt slap's still okay because you're you're really it's your hands touching fabric, no skin. True, butt slap's been around a long time. Rick. <laughs> it's been around a long time. That's another hard habit to break. Butt slap may be an essential part of sports. It, it has think been how many, forever. How many sporting events you've watched in your lifetime, and how many, when you think about it, how many butts are slapped in those events? And think about this. It's something you would only do when you're playing a sport. You're not going to go around and butt slap people off the field. That's such a good point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it's you only do it when you're playing or yes. coaching. Yes. Or when you don't have an HR department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I, I've gotten a butt slap from the both of you. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't yeah. remember that. David Rick will not be on the air tomorrow. <laughs> Hello? It'll be Millennial Grant and Kathy Lee. Uh, that was a joke. Kathy Good thing we like, don't have an HR Kathy would like top billing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get an email today. Could you call 1-800? Did you really butt slap her? <laughs> yeah. No, that's never you happened. You have somebody call you and say, Kathy, off the record. Yeah, please tell me the safe. truth. This is a safe space. 
Tell us the truth. Did one of those guys do that? And it'll be anonymous. is the time. 303-713-8585 is the number. Having some fun on KOA News Radio. I'm through standing in line. The clubs will never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never going to win this. Life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. If I could sing, I think I'd like to sing like this. Is the Nickelback yes. guy? Yeah. yeah. Chad Kroger? It's he, uh, it's his brother's birthday who's the bassist in the band. Happy birthday, Kroger brother. Mike Kroger. It would have been George Michael's birthday, too, if he was still alive. You know what? I, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I always liked George Michael. <laughs> Me, too. Yeah. I, I love George I even George liked Michael. him when he was with Wham, which is not, I mean, maybe not many of my guys that I ran with did. Like maybe, Wham? And maybe I sort of hid that. From I did them, too. babe. I admit it. Did I did too. Were you a wham guy? Well, I, I mean, you yeah. didn't sit with any of your boys and say, "Hey, fellas, you want to go sit in the Chrysler Cordoba and listen to a little wham?" No, I wouldn't say that. No, nor would I, Rick. I wasn't open about it at the time. Well, this song, I, I'm not crazy. I'm about not this crazy song. about this one. You either. like George Michael solo more than wham? Yes, yes. So, a hey, Millennial Grant, see if you can find what's the name of the song, Rick? That Freedom. I no, want not, your not, sex. Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper. Yeah, I did That's like, like that That's like a ballad, song. See if we can find Careless Whisper. I did Whisper. like that song. Well, Rick and I like ballads. What's wrong with us liking ballads? You're not really the ballad dudes. This is really soulful. This no, is no, a really no, no, soulful no. song here. But this, Yeah, this is okay. This is kind of soulful. But I'm talking about the one where, where he says in that, somebody tell me. This well, is it. No. Yes, it is. No. It'll come up. Watch. Let it go through. Yeah, it does come it up. It does say song. it. Yeah, Careless Whisper. Yeah, this is No, it. well, then this is still not the one I'm yes, talking about. Yes, it is. It's mo- no, the hell it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't. But what I'm talking about is where where he's talking about he can't do enough for his girlfriend. I mean, I'm doing everything, and now you tell me that you, you're having my baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'll be excited if you want me to. You're right, you're right. But one step later, and my be- That one. Okay. What's that I, no, one called? I can't think of it now because you said it in this song. Now, Kathy Lee. I'm thinking, hold on. Uh, Walk I, back I, I, that. I know what you mean. I know which one you mean, but I can't think of It starts of the with, name like, Congos. Somebody tell me. Won't you tell me? That one. No, that was a Wham song. I don't think that was a George Michael. That was George Michael. But it wasn't a George Michael solo. No, no, no. I said with Wham. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good song. I agree. Millennial Grant's going out of his mind right now because this music would be old for Millennial Grant. This, Rick, to Millennial Grant would be like you and I listening to Bing Crosby. Everything she wants. <laughs> yes. I, everything yes. she wants. Good song. Everything she wants, Good Millennial Grant. Good song. You know, my mom was a big fan of Wham. Okay. <laughs> Wham was great. Okay. And all the women loved Wham when well, George Rick, Michael, when they first came out. And Rick and I loved Wham. So what does that say about Rick and I? Careful, you guys, careful. You guys are in tune with your female side. Okay. Yes. We're okay with that. Yeah. I, sure. I, I liked this. Yeah, this is a great song. I just always wanted to play the tubs on this. Probably a drum machine. Yeah, because you never saw the rest of their band anywhere. No, and it sounds like a drum machine to me. Well, somebody had to input the rift into the they machine, did. didn't they? Right. 
See, there's Rick and I in the crowd of 17,000 screaming 18-year-old girls. That's right. But you'd be picking up all the girls. No, no, no. Well, not now. Not now, but not back then, yeah. Yeah, that's a good song. Mine was Freedom 90. That was a good album. That was a whole good album, album yeah. was good. So it would have been his birthday. He would. Have- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Only been like 57. 57. Today, yeah. Oh, it's his birthday today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing on this date, 11 years ago, Michael Jackson died. Think about that. It's been 11 years already since Does he it died. really? Yeah. Seems like a three, two, three. Hmm. Here you go. Here it comes, Dave. Uh. I can see Dave dancing to this, actually. Me too. A little overbite going on. Uh-huh. Bell bottom. 970 oh, Bell bottoms. It was 80s. Who's to say Dave wasn't wearing bell bottoms in the <laughs> he 80s? He was not. Right Why here. wouldn't he be? Uh... That I was playing in the NFL and wearing bell bottoms. Yeah, I don't think I would have worn bell bottoms. This is 1984. Yeah, I, I was still in. But you weren't wearing bell bottoms in '84. No, no, bell bottoms are like early '70s, late '70s. <laughs> well, late for you. <laughs> you, you, you were hey. in. I wasn't wearing bell bottoms. I never wore bell bottoms after I got into the NFL. And what year was that? '76. Never wore them after that. Yeah, well, you... It was in the manual. You know the manual we talked about, Rick? bottom manual? The baseball 108-page manual for the players to come back? There was a manual yeah. in the NFL. And I think one of the first two or three pages in bold caps, no bell bottoms. Okay, well, I was wearing bell bottoms in the late 70s. And so were a lot of people. Well, Go- they were all living in California. Google Frenchie Fuqua. Frenchie Fuqua was not playing in the late 70s. But he was wearing. Well, what? how do you know what he was wearing oh, when, he, I, when he retired? I rem- Well, what he I was, remember about him was bell bottoms. And with, that hat. And then he wore these really stacked heels with that were see-through and he had fish in them. I'm not saying I didn't do that. The fish in the, in the boots? No, I didn't have the fish. 
But I did have the I did have the big heels. Yeah, yeah. I came in about six eight. You must have been a six eight for real, man. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen you in heels. I wore the heels a couple times, and I, I just couldn't take it. Yeah, I was like mustache? six six. Mustache yeah. with the big your heels. Your big mustaches with the heels with the and heels your bell bottom. looked ridiculous. Fish in the shoes. Dave no, no fish, no fish. Never for did me. the fish in the shoes. But <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of it. Do you think that fish actually survived in there? What, no. Isn't that goldfish? Little goldfish. Yeah. You killed the goldfish. And From the you... seven one nine two three one. My junior prom was at the time everything she wants first came out. As I walked in, this song was playing, and they had the video screens with the video going. Never seen anything like that. At that point, mm-hmm. always loved that song. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Good song. From the 858, Rick, I'm not sure how to interpret this. I'm going to ask your opinion. From the 858-568, Rick and Dave were cooler than you might think. <laughs> That's to Kathy. That's directed to Kathy. Hmm. Dave and Rick should do Wham! duets with Rick's band. <laughs> uh, I'd pay to see awesome. that. Oh my. Uh, I, I just want to be there when you broach the topic with your band. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> what do you think about doing a Wham! song? That would be hilarious. Would there be silence for a couple that seconds? That would be hilarious. They would look at me with the, that blank <laughs> look on their face like, what? The yeah. band would be? Look at you or the audience. The band. And then the audience would go, are they doing a Wham song? The, the yeah. Ba- the band would lean over while Rick was talking That's and one funny, would whisper. Man. Why don't you have like a m- you mashup know. of Wham, Freedom, and Marvin Gaye? They think like COVID-19. Uh-huh. <laughs> Something's wrong with him. Uh, from the 970290, um, no one wore bell bottoms in 84. Yeah, it was all spandex. Right. Or straight-legged jeans. Yep, yeah. Yep. That's True. what I would say. But you said Dave wore bell-bottoms in 84. Well, Dave would be one that maybe did. He was Dave in Cleveland. Dave didn't maybe do anything. Dave was in Cleveland, <laughs> Kathy. Well, you know what, what about behind the times? Well, what Cleveland does that was? mean? We were in Colorado. Yeah, Wait, but, how far behind the times? See, bell-bottoms went out in the, you know, the really hip towns. Early 70s. By, yeah, probably 75, 6. And then Cleveland, it probably hung on for a while. To like 90? Not that far, but <laughs> mid-80s, maybe, for some people. No, Dave, did you wear bell-bottoms in the 80s? No. I didn't think so. I, didn't, I told up Rick, for you on I this told one. Rick, he doesn't listen to me, I told him I didn't wear bell-bottoms after my NFL career started. And that was 76. Okay. And Frenchie Fuqua, I think, was out of the league. Uh, Is that the bell-bottom guy with the shoes? The, he, was always okay. a, he was always kind of a really cool dresser. I think he was out of the league that year. Did you wear when spandex? You came in? Spandex? Uh-huh. Under under my football pants when it was really cold. <laughs> Dave in spandex. Better know. Oh, I could oh, I could God. wear some. What are you saying? I know. What are you God, saying, I, Rick? I hope I hope you have some pictures. I hope your mom saved a whole box of pictures of you wearing spandex. I, I good, really listen, hope so. I, I had good pens. Well, I, b- I believe I had that. good pins. Did what you pins? Wear, your legs? I'm not saying legs. you don't. Yeah, what Did the hell wear, do you think pins are? <laughs> I've never heard that Did you expression. wear stonewashed jeans? Uh, guilty. I, I, think I know, guilty. I know you I think, for sure yeah. wore well, that. Well, Rick, Rick wore those, the ones that were ripped above the knee, and then, you know, and then tell he, the truth, Rick, I know you I've did. I've worn some like that. Yeah. I have. And then he wore his Zubas. I did wear Zubas. Okay, I too. never wore Zubas, yeah, I wore Zubas, so I got that going. Yeah, for but me. weren't wore... Zubas supposed to be because athletes wore Zubas? That's why the Zubas became big, because they had like every different like NFL logo. They on did the have Zubas. NFL Zubas. Yeah. I, mi- I missed that memo. 
I didn't ever wear Cleveland Browns Zubas. God almighty. Well, yeah, it would be stupid. If yeah, you, really? You did that. I mean, a, a Cleveland Brown guy wearing Cleveland Brown Zubas. I, well, you said it was for NFL players. Well, they were team issued. I thought that's why <laughs> Zubas became yeah. like big because NFL players wore Zubas. Well, they you can put an NFL logo on anything, and it becomes they're going to have NFL logos with masks yeah. with, with personal true. protection. That's they got true. them already. Yeah. Did, did, uh, Rick got us some. His yeah, Rick got us some. Deal got me one yeah, from me the Browns. Too. And I got oh, yeah, one for right. the Broncos. Right. I just thought, yeah, do I really want to wear that out in Denver? I'm the voice of the Broncos. <laughs> Here I'm wearing a Cleveland Browns personal protective uh, mask out. I don't know. Uh, bell bottoms from the 720. Bell bottoms died out because they were uncomfortable. Too easily caught in a bicycle chain. Because mm-hmm. so, w- wait a minute. <laughs> because guys are wearing bell bottoms riding bikes all the time. Well, what I remember about them, they were hard to keep clean at the bottom. Because they were either always dragging in the mud or the rain or the snow, depending on where you lived. So the bottom always kind of got get rusty. Well, yours obviously didn't fit. They were long. What, were yours short? <laughs> were you wearing short bell bottoms? <laughs> I just don't, I don't remember my bell bottoms being well, that dirty on the bottom. Don't you think they should come to the top of your shoe, not the bottom of your shoe? Well, whatever. Mine would get, I don't know what, I was probably in Ohio. And uh, Flagstaff. Yeah, true story about the bell bottoms. I thought you said Ohio didn't ha- had bell bottoms in the eighties. Well, see, he didn't, he didn't call them bell bottoms. True story though. Rick, Rick, w- to tell the truth, with the elastic waist, you'd pull them up between your belly button and your nipple, and that's where the top of your pants would write. <laughs> what do you? What bell bottoms? No, I used to hang those really low on my hips, <laughs> like Robert Plant. I wore those like Robert Plant. Like Robert, Robert Plant, Plant didn't wear bell bottoms. Robert Plant, oh yeah, he wore bell bottoms, and they were he'd wear them really low. You don't, and then he'd have what, a big bulge in the front. Where his belly button <laughs> hung out? <laughs> what are you talking about? Was there a, was it below your belly button? Did bell bottoms go? Yes. Yeah, it had to go below that. That seems they low. weren't high waisted. <laughs> bell bottoms Mine aren't were. high waisted. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled yours up. <laughs> I wanted to make sure my the bottom didn't get dirty. I told you that. <laughs> My bottoms didn't get dirty. And damn, if they came a little long, I'd pull those suckers up, have a shirt outside that, you know, who knew? Uh I'm so glad I was not wearing bell bottoms. Oh, you would have looked fine in them. No. As small as you are, it would have looked like culottes. (laughs) They say fashion always comes back. I hope that is one that stays dead. Yeah, me too. Those things are. Great. I think maybe Rick and I will go in and we'll get you a couple pair Maybe for the Christmas <laughs> holiday season. If you buy me some bell bottoms, I'll wear yeah. them for the show. What, like 28, 28? What are you? 30, 32. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Your waist is 30? Yep. No way. You're like a 28. 30. You're a slender dude. I know. Don't you think he would have been small? Same I would have like, thought he was smaller than that. Well, I said 28, 28. I thought we would wear the same size pants. I mean, BK, what, what did we decide B was? 34. 28 length and like 38 waist. <laughs> <laughs> or... The the length was twenty eight. Was, the waist was just kidding. Wasn't he thirty six, twenty eight? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't hear from him anymore. B, we're 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 jonesing for yeah. you. Just just kidding. Tim on the road joins us on KOA. Morning, Tim. Hey Dave. Uh, good morning, you guys. Um, Dave, I want you to stop right there. Mm. Um, think back within the past couple months, you, uh, you you told these really cool stories of when you got stopped by a cop. Yep. And you. Uh, and you just stood up to that cop and you say, and just before it all ended, you said, you know what, by the way, whatever you were telling me, like you were going to kick my butt, uh, wasn't going to happen. But that, that, was, told, that, that wasn't that night. That, that was the, in the meeting that followed no. like three days later. But 
Pro- oh, I probably shouldn't oh, have said that. Gotcha. And then yeah. you. And then no, that's okay. But I'm I'm keeping you on this uh, not a pedestal, but whatever. And then you then you told this uh, hot shot football scout or coach that was coming to your uh, Cherry Creek, and he only wanted and his rep only wanted a few people in there, or actually no, and no nobody could talk to him. And nobody could talk yeah. to him. And yeah. And you said not up in here. Just don't come. You told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Where am I? Where are you going you, with this, Tim? You're talking about Wham. You're killing me. Oh, I know. I know. I'm admitting I'm admitting it and and I I I just I'm deserving of lashes. No, there there's a soft side to Dave that not everybody gets to see. Well you don't have to be soft to like wham, do you? Well sensitive. Uh not soft, but you were back then. Uh by the way, you're right about Robert Plant. And those bell bottoms, uh, the way he wears them, uh, I, 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 but uh, yeah, that was <laughs> correct, Rick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, have a good day. Man. Th- thank All you, right, Jim. Thanks. Appreciate that. I'm looking at the history of bell bottoms. So they started. It, actually, they've been around. They said since the 17th century, sailors wore them, uh, and then they became popular as in fashion in the 60s. They hung around to the 70s. And they made a comeback in the 90s as part of a trend toward baggy clothing. Hmm. The flared pants did. Okay. Rick from the uh, 214-458. 214's Dallas. I wore bell bottoms and platform shoes in 1976 to Thirsties and after the Gold Rush bars. Yeah. I know I was wearing them in the mid-70s. I went to after I the Gold Rush. Fact. But I went to after the Gold Rush in the early 70s. I, I might have worn a pair of bell bottoms. I think I only had... One. Hmm. Butterscotch. I think I, I only remember one. I don't remember jeans. I don't think I had jeans. What they, wait, they were butterscotch colored? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <right>. oh. <laughs> I'm, an open, I'm an open book today, oh, Rick. Wow. Oh, okay. wow. Just, I'm I putting am, myself out there. I thought there. they were denim. Weren't they supposed to be denim? I don't think I had jeans. Like denim bell bottoms? You, no, couldn't, they even, you couldn't even wear jeans to high school. Really? Nope. There was like a dress code. There were it's colorful public high school. Yeah, colorful. There were colorful bell bottoms. Mine. I had a pair of white ones. Did you ever have white pants? No, no, John Travolta. <laughs> I never had white bell bottom pants. Really? Uh, okay. Well. Do you have white pants today, Rick? I have a pair of cream colored pants. That's close enough. Where, where do you wear those? I'm gonna wear them tomorrow. Where do you wear them to? I don't know. It's summertime. You can't wear cream-colored pants? I don't know. Are they bell-bottoms? No, they're not bell-bottoms, no. They're just regular jeans. But I did have white bell-bottoms. And you know what? I also had a white <laughs> jacket that went with it. <laughs> yes, you did. That's, uh, what, I'm, that's what I'm telling it you. It was ridiculous. Were they jeans? White? I, I'm not sure. Probably was, polyester. Was it not a jout fit? No, it was polyester. Polyester was the thing back then. Tell the truth. At the club. How many, how many times did you stand in front of the mirror... And, and imitate pose, this and dance yes. and sing to it. Hey, you know what? A lot. Hey. And then did you have your shirt open in front? I did have my shirt open in front. Sure you did. With Puka the shells shell? on display. Oh, yeah, probably, exactly. Probably. Gold yeah. medallion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. That era of young Rick Lewis was a lot of fun, I got to tell you. It's so funny in this official video for this song, the guy is wearing white pants. Well, sure he is. That's what we're playing it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that. Uh, by the way, from the 7206. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 9-0, Logan Lewis and Lee and Mr. G. You are now Mr. G, I guess Millennial Grant. I'll take it. I'm I'm laughing so hard I had to pull over. About the butterscotch bell bottoms? Be careful. <laughs> Why is that is is that an unusual color? No, it's just God, I just can't picture you wearing anything like that. And it was there was a print. What kind oh, of print? Wow, like a it was like a floral? A, <laughs> <laughs> floral. <laughs> what do you? Th- I mean, seriously. No. What do you? Were they plaid? I what? look like Liberace to you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, they, were pla- they? they were plaid. They were plaid. There was plaid, a, pl- yeah, a yeah. printed. It was a print yeah. on the butterscotch bell bottoms. You know what? I had I had those too. Listen, dude. You, I had you've those admitted to wearing puka shells and whatever the hell you used to wear in California. You cannot crack on me for butterscotch bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah, but you're Dave Logan, okay? Well, so you're Rick Lewis. You're, but yeah, but I don't know. I just can't picture you like that. For some reason, it... I don't see Dave in anything <sighs> butterscotch or peach. No. Do you ever wear? I, like... I don't know about peach. You wear like salmon-colored stuff. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay, all right. Is that a, is that is that bad too? No, no, no. I I have some salmon shirts, but I never see you wear anything like that. Why Why are you okay to wear salmon shirts and I can't wear them? I just never see you in them. I'll wear a damn salmon shirt tomorrow. Yeah, okay, I'll wear my cream jeans tomorrow. Why don't you wear his salmon shirt with your cream jeans? <laughs> From the 970466, the white Don Johnson jacket. We all had one, didn't we, Rick? I, why, is he, why are you calling me out? Yes, I did. Because that you admitted it. that you did. I but did, that Don I had Johnson one. jacket was mid-80s. Yes, the, when I were talking mid-80s, yeah, with the, you would with wear the, the shoulder pads. and you would roll up the No, 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 no. I, Don I, Johnson had shoulder pads in his jacket. That was mid-80s. Well, how, how was I seeing that? In Cleveland, I, I thought that series was in the in late 70s. It was in the 80s. It was in the you 80s. sure? Yeah. Yes, it didn't 100%. start in the late 70s? No. How do y'all know that? How, how do y'all know so I much about I just Vice. know because, yeah, I was a fan. Me? I was too. And I did have the the the, the pastel colored jacket. And you, and you, you rolled, rolled up the, your cuff. The sleeves. You up. rolled your cuff up, didn't really you? 1984 was the original release. And even then, I it knew was? that was hideous. Mm-hmm. Why the hell do I think that's late 70s? Nope. I don't know. You've been hit too many Maybe times you in the head. Maybe missed that one. 
True. Maybe Cleveland. <laughs> From the 303-598, guys, Pirates wore bell-bottoms. Think, Dave, the Pirate. What? Hmm. Dave is a pirate. From the 7208-900, all I can picture with Dave's butterscotch plaid is Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack. I love that movie. Hey, speaking of movies, and I know we got to go, guess what I have seen this week. I wanted to call you guys in the afternoon. Uh-oh. Got home, had a Zoom meeting, uh, turned the TV on, just flipping through, I mean, just doing some paperwork, and what is playing but the movie we talked about. That I'd never seen. Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. 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 Oh, it was on. I Roadhouse. saw it. Roadhouse. Did you watch it? I was going to tell I did. It was good. I huh? watched, I mean, not like all of it, but I watched a lot it's of it. It was good enough. Anyway, it was good for yeah. That was 1986. Right. I but thought it was a good movie. Did it hold up to today? I, not not entirely, but I mean, I thought it was a pretty good flick. It's so funny because that popped up when I was on the treadmill. I was like, should I watch this? Should I not? There you go. Instead, I watched. Well, you'd already seen it, though. I watched Outbreak. Well, that. More fitting with what's going on today, right? 1027 is our time. 303-713-8585 is the number. Dave, Rick, and Kathy, good morning on KOA. Mustang Back at 1041 on KOA News Radio. Good morning. Little Wilson picking for you. Great voice. Yeah. 303-713-8585 is the number. There was a story, um, and we'll get back to phone lines in just a minute, a story uh, today in the Colorado Sun that there was a monument at the uh, Capitol that was torn down by protesters and marred by graffiti, the statue depicting a Civil War soldier toppled from its base that was discovered today. Uh, the base is now colored with graffiti. The statue on the west side of the Capitol depicted a member of the 1st Colorado Cavalry, which participated in the Sand Creek Massacre. So, um, I briefly, I think there, I think there are some statues and monuments that I can perfectly understand the sentiment to not honor uh, people for things that have happened. But there's some things that are going on right now that make make no sense to me. And I, I do think at some point we have to get back to how, how long do we sort of tolerate this kind of behavior before somebody, somebody has to go to jail. You just can't, you just can't, you know, make your way through various parts of the country and tear stuff down that you object to. How about, how about we do it and try to get people to understand why it would be important for you to tear the statue down. And then let's just see in some cases, if the statues are actually taken down, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm just not good with this idea that if we, a small group of people decide that this statue is coming down. We, we just decide to throw ropes over it and pull the statue down. And again, don't get it twisted with me. I think there are some statues that represent things that we should be able to move past in our country. And so I, it's not a hill to die on for me. In fact, I'm fine with, uh, I have no problem banning the Confederate flag at NASCAR. 
certain things like that, which to me represent a very ugly, ugly portion of our country's history. But there, but some of these folks are tearing down statues of people that actually fought to do the right thing, fought slavery, got involved in a war. I, I just don't understand. I, and I don't, I don't think the people tearing down stuff necessarily even know what the hell they're tearing. It's just a statue. Let's just go tear that down. Well, yeah, in some cases I did see that a statue was torn down of somebody who was an anti-slavery activist. Uh, another one, uh, President Grant, U.S. Yeah, Grant. Yeah, U.S. Grant. Who uh, obviously everybody's heard of, you would think. Go read a history book. Who, fought, who, was, who led the Union Army in the Civil War. So, uh, yeah, maybe they're not thinking them all through uh, completely. I don't know. Bunch of petulant children. Uh, Bill Cosby's wife, Camille, says the Me Too movement needs to, quote, clean up its act. And she doesn't care about the women who accused him of sexual assault after he has been granted an appeal. So asked if she is concerned about the blowback from the Me Too movement, Camille replied, quote, first of all, I don't care what they feel. She said the movement has, quote, intentional ignorance pertaining to the history of particular white women and that they need to clean up the acts. Cosby's 82. He's serving three to 10 years in prison. He was convicted of drugging and sexually assaulting uh, Andrea Constan. That was back in 2004. I mean, she's, she's obviously sticking up for her husband, but how many women actually took part in these allegations? I mean, it was like over 30, was it not? Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was just a, the number was, yeah, and, and going back decades. In an article I'm reading Crosby. from 2018, it said 60 accusers. Wow. Yeah, it's just, yeah. So what she said doesn't hold any weight, in my opinion. What's, what's the deal with particularly white women? There are African-American women that accuse Bill Cosby of all sorts of indecent things, including rape. So I don't know. Kevin and Wiggins, uh, two open lines, joins us on KOA News Radio. Morning, Kevin. How are you? Morning. How are you guys? We're great. Thank you. Good. Uh, you guys cracked me up. I, I got a good story about lamb. All right. Yep. So I was 16 years old back in 86. And of course, you know, I got in trouble. I was grounded, which parents don't do nowadays. But I got grounded for a week. And my aunt happened to come by, and I had two choices, either sit in my room for a week or go with my aunt to a WAM concert. And? <laughs> oh, so, I, of course, I'm going to get out of the house. And I went to the WAM concert, and uh, they, us guys were outnumbered probably 30 women to one. And that was the very first concert I went to when it used to be called Fiddler's Green. And truthfully, so, this many years later, how did you enjoy Wham? I loved it. I still listen to their music. <laughs> um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Wham, but that was my very first concert at 16 years old. There you go, Kevin. We're going to play, got an play this for you. Yeah. There's a distinctive sound that like 20,000 teenage girls make. 
was it just to like a like the Beatles? Was that was it could it be to that extent with girls being obsessed with Wayne? Was well, it just well, overrun for, for them? Prop sure. I don't know if they went that far. It like seems the, like they were beloved. Like they had all kinds of fangirls. Well, yeah, but the Beatles, girls were screaming and fainting, and they were screaming so loud you couldn't even hear the music that they were playing. The Beatles didn't tour much. They their last tour was 1966. They broke up in 1970, hmm. and and part of the reason was their concerts weren't that good. You know, and the interesting thing about them, they never got back together. Unlike a lot of groups right. that. Either either break up or decide they're not going to tour. That's the end of it. And invariably, most times they somehow reconnect years later and go back at it. Yeah, they talk about at their shows they couldn't hear each other because of the screaming and maybe a, a bad sound system as well. And so they were just just kind of playing, hoping they sounded good, that, which is pretty scary. When you when like at Chase Stadium, they drew a, a whole stadium full of screaming women. And they couldn't even hear themselves. And you go back and watch the video, you can tell. You know, they're just kind of faking it hmm. and and hoping that, uh, you know, like Ringo couldn't hear anything that was going on. He's playing drums, so he just kind of kept a beat and hoping everybody else was in sync with him. Hmm. And so they didn't, they didn't play very much live because the girls were that just over-the-top screaming. Be a good problem to have. You know, if you're a band. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's, be, it's better than, you know, selling like 400 tickets in an 18,000-seat yeah. stadium or arena. Yeah, and they sold so many records, they, they felt like probably they didn't have to tour to support the record. They were selling them anyway. And, yeah, they broke up in 70. John Lennon gets killed 10 years later. And, you know, they never did reunite. Hmm. One thing, uh, we, we were talking briefly about the Bill Cosby situation. His wife, Camille, happy that uh, Cosby is going to get uh, uh, his case heard under appeal. She goes on, as I was quoting some of the things that she said, she goes on to say, quote, and I'm going to add the word intentional, the Me Too movement and movements like them have intentional ignorance pertaining to the history of particular white women, not all white women, but particular white women who have from the very beginning pertaining to the enslavement of African people accused black males of sexual assault without any proof whatsoever. And by ignoring that history, they have put out a lie in itself. And that is, quote, because I'm female, I'm telling the truth. Well, history disproves that as well. And gender is never ever equated with the truth so they need to clean up their acts and it's and it's all of us as women who have not participated in anything nefarious we know how women can lie we know how they can do the same things that men do that some men do because there are good men and bad men there are good women and bad women so she if nothing else is very supportive of her husband she is so loyal to him and you 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 know that she knew like she knew this was going on and she stayed with him. You think still you, loyal you today? You think that she sort of has to? Or she had yeah. to have known, right? I, 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 mean, I would certainly think from the stories that we heard that she knew and just looked the other way, stuck with him. By the way, all the women weren't all white. No, that's what I mean. Mm -hmm. There's African American women in there mm -hmm. that accused Bill Cosby. There's some famous women in there who have accused Bill Cosby. Are you following the Joey Diaz story? 
Well, since you oh, we, we talked about it on Monday, I have taken a little more interest in it. He he is not backing down. In fact, he's doubling down. Uh, they're trying to uh, cancel him out based on a uh, 2011 clip of him on the Joe Rogan podcast. And, and he, he tells a story and he's laughing and Rogan's laughing about how he would have the female comics service him, basically, and he used other words, uh, to get on stage, to get some stage time. And he, he uh, on Monday, he posts... It's and I got to clean this up. It's Monday. The story is 23 years old. The video is 10 years old. And at the end of the day, you've all blanked a blank for a dinner. Stop the hypocrisy. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty significant I mean, double down. Double down. Uh, he goes, if they couldn't stop me then, now that I'm 57, I don't really give a blank blank. He and and there's more. But he's been tweeting all week about it. So how how aggressive, because I've not seen this, how aggressive have some of his detractors on this story, how aggressive have they been early? Honestly, uh, I have seen a lot of support from for him. See, I haven't seen much criticism. Yeah, I've seen a lot of support. He calls his, his followers the church. Uh, he said, I'd like to thank the church for having my back. They can all blank or blank. Much love. Uh, he he is standing up to the uh, the outrage, and I'm sure they're. I don't know what they're trying to do. Maybe take him down. And he's the first guy I've seen that's actually stood up and said, "No, you're not going to do it." Um, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the outcome. We'll see where it goes. And in in a lot of male comics are sticking up for him. Female comics, not so much. I have seen female comics and some big ones like Amy Schumer and Whitney Cummings reference him or reference his story. But it's one thing going at it uh, in the press and him answering on his social media. The only way we'll know if this has any impact or not will be will comedy clubs continue to hire him? And if so, will, will his shows sell out see that's the thing this this they may not book them anymore they might think it's too hot like um here in uh in denver the comedy clubs the comedy works are owned by a woman Mm -hmm. and i don't think she she's gonna book him she didn't book louis ck after all of that i would be surprised if she brought joey diaz back and you know what it sounds like he wouldn't care yeah well, the only thing now, and we know this to be true, with social media, not not that it wouldn't, not that if comedy clubs would not book a particular comedian, that it wouldn't hurt them, the comedian, in the bottom line, but he or she does have an ability through social media to continue to put stuff out there and, and make yep. a living, right? Yeah. I, this is going to be really interesting. And comedy clubs, of course, are closed now for the most part across the country. So we may not know what the outcome of this is for a long time. And maybe by then it just kind of goes away. People forget about it. From the uh, 720339, good morning. If you've driven downtown, if you have driven by downtown Denver and by the Capitol lately, you would understand why people are tearing down statues. There is a large campground with tents 
and piles of garbage everywhere. I think these people want to cause destruction. That looks like that looks like war has taken place. It's a shame. I, I have not had occasion to drive downtown by the Capitol. I but, go past it almost every day. But you're not is. the you're not the first texter to to make that point. And Grant, you you've seen it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 horrible looking. It's camps set up in all of Civic Center Park, and then you have basically trash piles on each corner and throughout. So it's it, not a pretty sight. So, so. What, well, I mean, what's the end game here? How long? How, how long is this going to go on? How, how long will it be allowed to go on? What's the pl- has to be a plan, right? I mean, it may, we, I haven't heard. Maybe we can call Mayor Hancock and find out. I mean, I, honestly, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to put him on the spot in that regard. But there has to be a plan. What are you going to do? And I would think there had to be a plan too for the protesters, right? Is there well, an end game? Is there? I. I you mean from there, their from their yeah, perspective? Yeah. What, oh, what type of demands are being made? Or I, you know what? I don't know. I mean, it seems like they're just happy, kind of hanging out and uh, tearing stuff down. Yeah, I haven't been downtown Denver in quite a while, hmm. so I haven't seen it, but I've seen pictures. Yep. Ten fifty six is our time. News is coming up next. By the way, the Hall of Fame game played in Canton on a yearly basis has been canceled by the National Football League. Stick around, in KOA. start the final hour of the show on this uh, Thursday morning, the 25th of June, 1108. I just figured something out. This person who texts all the time that always says MG, I was like wondering why, who's MG? And I figured out it's Millennial Grant. So Millennial Grant is texting the show? Oh, for MG. For MG. okay. But he's been saying it for the past week now, for MG, and I'm like, who's MG? And I couldn't figure it out till right now. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. Interesting. Did you guys know that was it? No. Uh-uh. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, I did. he did it. I had no idea. <laughs> we, we talked about it earlier in the show. Millennial Grant? That yeah. was Mr. G, right? That's what they called them. Yeah, that one was Mr. G. Yeah. And now it's just <laughs> shortened even more to MG. Before you know it, and we're fine with it, Millennial G. Grant will have his own show. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Welcome to the Millennial direction. Grant Show. I'm Millennial Grant. Mr. G. Mr. G, to my friends, uh, 303-713-8585. We've got plenty of things to talk about. Tony waited through the top of the hour news. Hello, Tony. Go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. I just want to say from the top, uh, Wham! In the early 80s for me, Wham! was fantastic. And Tears for Fears, they came out at the same time, but it's a mad world. You know what? I, I'm a fan right, of Tears for right. Fears, too. They, they're both great. Yeah. Oh, Tears for Fears in concert, man, you start floating above the concert venue. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are excellent. I mean, they sound they, they, they sound ten times better than the record. Huh. Hmm. Mr. Dave, you was talking about comedy. I think it's over. Um, I think it's a mindset. People can't come freely and laugh with the mask on. You know, D.L. Hughley passed out a couple of days ago. I saw that. I saw yeah. that on stage, yeah. Mm-hmm. He passed out. He was trying to get to the stage too quick. But people in the audience had the mask on. 
But I think when it comes to the comedy club concept, because uh, me and so I was talking with other comedians about this matter of fact, and the comedians now are very, very nervous. And Dave and the gang, the only comedians that's going to make it now are the comedians that are really, really funny, that have the God-given talent. The rest of these hacks, these open mic comedians who think they're funny, they ain't going to make it. It's time for that regular job. But the people that have the God-given humorous talent to make the world laugh like we need now, they're going to make it. But it's going to be a hard time for comedy clubs, man. You might be right about that, Tony, and you're right. It, it will weed out uh, the, the weaker talent in the group. Are, are we talking about being a hard time because of the COVID-19 or because of what's going on in our country? Everything above. All of it. Every, all yep. of it. I mean, we're going through, as humans, we're going through, this is, a, I mean, first we had corona. I think as humans, our first mind blow was 9-11. That was our mind. But this one, we didn't know where it came from, and now it's affecting the artists, like the people that play instruments, the uh you know, people that have God-given talent that needs to heal. People don't know comedy and music heals people at a time like this. Yep. And you think about right now, where are the comedians at? You don't see many comics out here now because some of them are corny. But the ones that have depth, like uh, a Lewis Black, will make you laugh. Uh, God bless George Carlin. But then, like more, and we need Don Rickles now, but you're never going to get him because we're so PC right now because Don Rickles wouldn't even make it right now. But that kind of gut bucket humor we need. See, we need gut bucket humor to make us forget about what we're going through. And now you see the ones, you see the real headliners that can make you laugh, like Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, and then the the weak ones you don't even think about because they're not doing the healing. So comedy clubs right now, and keep in mind, Dave, comedy clubs was closing down anyway before Corona. Mm -hmm. Hey, Dave, remember back in the day that you saw number like in the '80s when comedy was real big? Sure. You saw comedy clubs everywhere. They were springing up. I mean, we need laughter more, but comedy clubs are closing down now. And I think because of cable, Comedy Central, Netflix, you have so many options elsewhere. People physically don't go to a comedy club no more because they had that. One thing about comedy, if you had that one bad comedy experience, you never go back. Mm. There's nothing like somebody, there's nothing like going to a comedy club saying, boy, they don't make me laugh. And then when you don't make it, they don't ever want to go back. They don't want, they don't want a chance to, hey, why don't you come check it out again? Nah, because the first time wasn't that good. So people don't give laughter a second chance. But, you know, maybe, maybe if we have a new resurgence of the God-given talent, maybe things will change. But I don't know. Good points, Tony. Always, uh, always a pleasure to hear from you, too. Um, maybe, maybe comedy, I hadn't thought much about that, but maybe his point uh, is, a, is a good one in this regard. I mean, if comedy clubs as Tony said, are are really struggling and people don't want to go back, is it a little bit like movie theaters? And I'm old school. I still like occasionally getting out and sitting in the dark and watching a movie when you could be sitting at home watching it. But maybe maybe just with the way things are going and how many options we have, uh, maybe comedy clubs will go the way of movie theaters. Yeah, Tony made some great points. And, and while he was talking, I was thinking about, you know, a, a great comedy club is usually everyone's packed in with a low ceiling. Like the comedy works downtown. Yes, that's a formula for Mm -hmm. comedy. And now you can't pack people in, at least not for a while. Maybe, you know, maybe in a year or two, you'll be able to do that. That alone is going to hurt comedy clubs. And he's right about, you know, this, this will weed out, you know, the, the headliners that were, didn't really have much substance. You know, the, the, the cream was always going to rise to the top. Well, you have a Brian Regan who is clean and doesn't do any racist jokes, doesn't do anything edgy, you know, and he's one of the top comedians. Brian Callahan. 
I mean, Brian, Brian Callen. Callen. Brian Callen, yeah. Yep. yeah, Brian Callen only talks about himself. <laughs> and his, you yeah. know. I, I like him. You and I, Rick. We love him. Yeah. I, I love Brian Callen. Tanya and Deal, we went to that. That and He was funny. I mean, as, as Tony, our previous caller, was talking about gut, what do you call it? Bu- bucket. Gut, gut, red, gut, gut busting. Gut busting. To, to me, that routine that Callen did that night was was that funny. And he was yeah. bringing up, you know, like watching comedy specials on Netflix and stuff. But don't you think it hits so much harder in person when you're in that group of people and you really get going and laughing? I mean, yeah. it feels so much different than watching a comedy special on Absolutely. TV. Absolutely. It's part of the, the it's like a tribal feeling in uh, rolling laughter. You get caught mm-hmm. up in it mm-hmm. and it is healing. Like you said, music, same thing. It, 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 same thing with music. You can watch it on TV, watch a concert on TV by yourself at home. Nothing like going to a real show. What about, let me ask you this, you know, there are comedians of all different races who make fun of all different races. Like, you know, black comedians who right. make fun of white people, Asian comedians who make fun of white people. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Is that going to be able to happen? Because you're going the reverse races and then wait, you know? Uh, I, I as long as you're making fun of white people, honestly. But can you I, make I fun of your I, own? Can an Asian can make, make fun, fun of, of an Asian? Asian and a black person make fun of it? Because that's kind of what the formula of comedy, you know? And then, you know, heavy set comedians making fun of. I, I think that, honestly, I think that'll be much more acceptable than obviously the. The opposite, right? Yep. I mean, if if a black comedian makes fun of blacks, um, I, I don't know that he's going to receive a whole hell of a lot of flack. Same thing for but Asians what, making fun of Asians. But what if a black comedian makes fun of whites or makes fun of Asians? Again, I, th- I think I think it's been proven in this country that, you know, from a white person's perspective, you're, you're, whether it's comedy or anything else, that you, people are going to be able to come up with what they perceive to be funny at the expense of, in this case, people that look like us, and whether or not we've been sort of uh, geared to think this way or whether we're more accepting or whether that's just the way it is, I think that's just that's just the way it is. You know? I, I think a white comic could do it, but they'd have to be brilliant. Like, could make fun of yeah, other to make races? Fun, to make fun of other races, like Tony said, they would mm-hmm. have to be brilliant. It would have to be expertly done. Better be really funny. Mm-hmm. And funny. Have you guys ever listened to Bill Burr? Bill yes. Burr, I thought of him yeah. when, when I was talking. Because he's yeah. someone who, who could do it, Yeah, I think. he came to mind for me, but man, you better be good. But doesn't this have to go back to separating the comedian from his stand-up routine? It's a show. It's not the human up there doing it. 
why can't they still get away with saying things that we all think that make us laugh? Well, yeah. I mean, you got to be able to separate it. It's but I don't far think too we can. Far, it's far too so far of a reasonable argument, Millennial Grant, this for person says, our world today. Russell Peters, I've, I don't, I've never heard of Russell Peters. I know he's great and people love him, but it's, he said he hits everyone. So every race. Yeah. But he's also not white. He's not white. True. I'm talking about a white, a white comic that could do racial humor and get away with it. I can't think of any up the top of my head. You'd have it's... to be really darn. Maybe George Carlin. I mean, who's going to try that? Maybe George Carlin back in the day. I don't even know if he could have done it. Well, George Carlin was so irreverent with respect to almost all of his views. Yes. I mean, he he you know. He would go after a lot of different groups of people. And and he, I mean, he was, I think George Carlin was an acquired taste. I really liked him, but that's because maybe I was growing up and found his stuff funny. But I, I remember buying albums, that's mm-hmm. how long ago, of George Carlin and of Bill Cosby. I thought Bill Cosby was really funny in, in a, in, in not a dirty way, but just he had really good timing and I just didn't, I mean, I remember having albums of Bill Cosby stuff, too. Yeah, Richard mm. Pryor. Too. Richard Pryor was yep. another one. He 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 delved into the, you know, the, the dirtier side, but he was funny. I mean, to me, as a comedian, you're either, I don't want to say naturally, but, all right, I'm going to say naturally. You're either naturally funny or you're not. You're either funny in your delivery and your sense of timing and, and you know, your material you're working on, but the, but. Rick, you've done it. The material is important, but the delivery to me is almost equally as important. And it's an acquired skill, Dave. It's it's, it's like a muscle. Uh, you, hardly anybody's good at the beginning, you know, just like in radio. Nobody nobody starts radio and they're good at it the first couple of years. And that's why so many people start in small markets. Same thing with comics. You know, they do new talent at night. They do five minutes. And if they bomb, it doesn't matter. But it takes, I think it takes about 10 years of being a comedian to get to the point where you can be a good headliner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a muscle. And then if you don't do it for a while, like Eddie Murphy hasn't done it in a long time, uh, you lose that muscle. It, go, it goes away. Just like anything else. You have to rebuild right? it back up yeah. again. Yep. Because he was doing movies for so long yep. and he hadn't done stand-up forever. From the uh, 720676, what Tony's talking about, the comedy club will never go away due to the live experience. People are itching to go to comedy shows just as much as sporting events, and most comics with huge followings will play bigger venues outside of Cali and New York. We don't normally do this, but Tony's back. So back-to-back appearances by our friend Tony on KOA. Go ahead, Tony. You got some more to say on comedy? Yeah, you guys was just hitting me. Uh, comedy will come back, but it will be the headliners that will do it. And also, too, you made a point about George Carlin. Mm-hmm. George Carlin, see, you had to be around that time to understand what George was doing. He happened to be a genius in his flow. In order for you to get over with your comedy uh, humorous expressions, you have to have the it factor. Everybody can't say it. Like, everybody can't be Don Rickles. Everybody can't be Andrew Dice Clay. That's the problem, because Andrew Dice Clay can say one thing about somebody, but if the other person repeats his act, they will burn him at the stakes. Mm. So, you have to, so it's all about the messenger. Now, we, by us being in a PC world, you've got to be so careful what you said. You said about black comics talking about white people. Mm-hmm. That's been the thing for years. Hey, you ever see a white guy do you ever see? But if a white guy does it, we want to call Al Sharpton. So 
you have, it's strange how you do that, but it's all about who has the gift and who has the art of delivery. Now, people are, now, you made a point about the comedy works downtown with the low ceilings. See, also, comedy is the atmosphere. Now, you do want to be at a The beauty of comedy is where everybody laughs together. When you look around, you have strangers understanding the same joke. That's the beauty of going out among different kind of people. That, that one comedian says one thing, then every, everybody in the audience receives it differently. It's like if a white comedian says something about a black person, and the black person is in the audience. All the white people look at the black person to see if the black person is laughing. Hmm. So the laughter comes in variety. So this, is it a good time for comedy? Yes, but who's going to be the messenger to bring it? Because, see, we don't have those George Collins. And too bad Bill Cosby got into the scandal, Dave, because Bill Cosby is beyond a comedian. He is the best storyteller in the world. Yep. He never mm-hmm. used a curse word. Whenever yep. you see a Bill Cosby show, it's like watching comedy theater. Even now, Richard Pryor cursed a lot, but he, he, Richard Pryor was so good, you didn't hear him cursing. Because it was like watching comedy theater. You're not How about Jerry Seinfeld? Th- huh? How about Jerry Seinfeld? Excellent. He's the epitome of comedian. Jerry Seinfeld is the epitome of comedy. That's why his show was so good. Mm-hmm. Jerry can just talk comedy. He, he doesn't have to be a stand-up. He can just talk comedy. Jerry is the epitome of a comedy. Matter of fact, there should be a club called Seinfeld's. Because <laughs> he he's brilliant, yeah. Yep. Ke- Kevin James. Kings and Queens. Yeah. And if you look at and, and Jerry Stiller, when Jerry was with his wife on um, uh, Stiller and Mirror, remember that, Dave? Yep. Uh, Stiller and Mirror, when they were on the Ed Sullivan show? In my opinion, for those who don't know Jerry Stiller, it's Ben Stiller's dad who played uh, the dad on Kings and Queens. Jerry got funny later on as he got older. He wasn't funny on the Ed Sullivan show. When he got by himself on Kings and Queens and when he was with Seinfeld, that man was funny. He was just gut bucket real funny. So it's amazing. You come off better as a comedian. It depends what venue that you're doing. Um, A good comedian jumps off when he has a good venue to jump off from. But if it's a horrible venue and if he's a good comedian, he can make it work too. But if 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 they, he or she is a horrible comedian and they're not meant to be funny, it's just not going to come out. So like I said before, this corona and with all this racial stuff and all the drama we're going through, this is time for the real headliners to come out. And now you're beginning to see who's not funny because people are not in the mood for Kool-Aid comedy. And what I mean by that, that means you see a comedian that's a hack, and you say, wait a minute, I've seen that act before. So what, what, what these new comedians do, they do recycled humor. Recycled, so, well, I heard that before. Where did he get that from? Where did she get that from? So it's time for the people that have the real gift of laughter to come out. But it's going to be very tricky on racial humor now because everybody's so touchy. Everybody's real touchy. And people are looking for a reason to get upset. Sometimes you got all these people that's going crazy out on the streets, t- taking down statues. These people have nothing else better to do. If you say, why are you doing that? They're going to tell you, I don't know. So we're in a we're, we're in a world of, of of dizziness right now. That's why we need comedy with meat. We need music and we need dance. We need sports. We need everything that makes the human being come alive. Because humans are not doing good right now. You're right. So, so let's get ready for the robots and the machines. Yeah. Th- yeah. <laughs> well said, man. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Well said. We need entertainment. Get ready for the robots and the mm, machines. We need entertainment. The apocalypse. The zombie apocalypse. The zombie apocalypse right? is here. Hey, uh, 11.25 is our time. BET founder Robert Johnson, Black Entertainment uh, Network. Yep, television network, a founder. 
had some interesting thoughts yesterday that he expressed about what is going on in this country. We'll talk about those when we come back on KOA. Back at 11.38, final segment of the show on this Thursday morning. Beside Rick Lewis and Kathy Lee, I'm Dave Logan. Got an open line or two, 303-713-8585, Texas at 56690. Interesting story about Robert Johnson, who we have talked about uh, several times on the show. He is the founder of the BET, Black Entertainment Television Network. Uh, He he was interviewed yesterday um, and had some interesting comments with respect to what was going on. He was asked about those who are destroying statues across the country. And Robert Johnson said, quote, they have the mistaken assumption that black people are sitting around cheering for them, saying, oh my God, look at these white people. They're doing something so important to us. They're taking down the statue of a Civil War general who fought for the South. You know, black people, in my opinion, black people laugh at white people who do this the same way we laugh at white people who say we got to take off TV shows like the Dukes of Hazard. I bet if you go back and look at the Nielsen ratings when the Dukes of Hazard was on TV, I bet it had a huge black viewing population. The only thing you can do is research it, find out, because blacks watch more television than whites did, always has been historically. Johnson goes on to take a shot at white Americans who thinks that by doing, quote, emotionally or drastic things, unquote, that black people will look at them and think that white people love them. Johnson says, quote, black people don't give a damn. If statues of people like Stonewall Jackson, who was a Confederate general, are taken down. He also went on to mock HBO for taking down Gone with the Wind and then putting it back with a disclaimer, which I didn't even know they did. Johnson says, quote, what the hell do you need a disclaimer with Gone with the Wind? As if black people think that we believe that slavery was like Gone with the Wind? Who are you trying to convince? And finally, he says, look, the people who are basically tearing down statues, trying to make a statement, are basically borderline anarchist, the way I look at it. They really have no agenda other than the idea we're going to topple a statue. It's not going to give a kid whose parents can't afford college money to go to college. It's not going to close the labor gap between white workers are paid and what black workers are paid. And it's not going to take people off welfare or food stamps. And then finally, he mocked white privilege and those who get on social media and apologize for being white. Robert Johnson, as I, I quote, finally, you know, that to me is the silliest expression of white privilege that exists in this country. The notion that a celebrity could get on a Twitter feed and say, oh my God, I'm so sorry that I'm white. I don't find any black people getting on Twitter and saying, oh, I'm so sorry I'm black, and we've got the worst problems. My thing is, embrace being white and do the right thing. That makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. Wow. If he ever decides to run for office, I think I'd be interested in voting for Robert Johnson. I was just thinking the same thing. and It's something we talked about a couple weeks ago. Who's going to step up and be able to unite the country right now? Could it be this guy? Could it be him? Could be him. Well, he'll, he'll, I mean, listen, he has built himself into a billionaire, the founder of BET. Uh, and I, I believe this is true. I haven't researched a lot on Robert Johnson, but I think he's a self-made guy, right? I don't think he inherited his worth. I mean, if you do, you do. But if, if not, you've done it yourself. I think that's to be credited. But I'm sure there will be 
people or groups of people that will take shots at Robert Johnson and they'll call him uh, all sorts of things and Uncle Tom and, uh, you know, pejorative terms that we can't say on the air. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. But I don't think Robert Johnson, frankly, cares. He is a self-made... I mean, he. you talk about the American dream working... Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty good example he, of it doing he, his so. His mom was a teacher and his father was a farmer. So yeah, okay. With 10 kids. So there yeah. you go. Hmm. So uh, it, it just makes sense. And I think his point about the statues, I firmly believe that to be true. I think, I mean, in some cases, listen, if you want to take down Confederate flag stuff, I get that. If you want to take down things that remind us of, of a very ugly history in this country with respect to... Um, how we treated black people, I'm all for that. But these these yahoos just putting ropes around statues and pulling them down, to me, just to pull them down. You pull down U.S. Grant's statue, who was one of the presidents of this country and also the commander of the Union Army, who, by the way, fought the Confederates to free slaves. Um, I, that, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm most interested to see, at some point, some of these politicians you know what, check themselves and decide when is enough enough. I mean, Seattle's trying to sort of roll things back, the mayor. I think she's paralyzed because she she realizes now she's got, you know, she's got shootings in this, you know, whatever zone they have up there. They had two people shot, one person killed. The police couldn't get to the person that was killed. The, I, I saw that, unfortunately, I saw the young man's mother who was shot and killed arguing about that. What are we doing here? You wouldn't even let the police get in. They could have saved my son. And and you people prevented them from coming in and doing their jobs. So, that you know, a lot of people are growing more and more angry and frustrated with what we see going on in the country. And it has nothing to do with Black Lives Matters or the message. It has nothing to do with athletes stepping up and, and being more uh, involved. It has nothing to do with that. It's just these you know, looters that have hijacked the message and for their own means, whatever, whatever those are, are, are taking things into their own hands. I get, I get tired of those people. Yeah. Interesting. And you mentioned Seattle and the mayor up there seems pretty clueless as to what to do now. Uh, there's stories out there that on July 4th, thousands of bikers have signed up to ride into Seattle to free up that autonomous zone. Uh, that could be interesting and probably 
won't end well. They they better I they mean the city of Seattle. They better get that thing squared away before that because yeah. I, I would not want to see that encounter. Yeah, that could get really bad. Uh, from what I'm reading here, uh, there's a Facebook page and thousands have signed up confirming they're going. And they started this just two days ago, this Facebook page. And they're going to ride into Seattle on July 4th, remove the barricades on the autonomous zone and open it up. That could get really ugly. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) It could get... This is... uh, Anybody see all this coming in 2020? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, really? Seriously? No. 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 I, I, I mean, nobody could have possibly... I'm just talking about everything. Everything that we as Americans have experienced since January 1st of 2020. Rick, the Broncos played, I think... Did they not play in the first... I think they had. I think their last home game, the Raiders game. I think it was. Was it not in January? New Year's Day, I believe. Yeah, wasn't it? It was Jan- December twenty ninth. Okay, so they did not play in January. No, they didn't. Huh. I remember going to the. Uh, I remember going to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Does that seem like it was an eternity ago? Yeah. The yeah. Chiefs and the 49ers turned yeah. out to be, you know, really competitive game, good game. That was probably your last trip before the whole shutdown. Right. Uh, nope, nope. Then we went to Mexico. Oh, that's Tanya right. And I went to that's Mexico. right. You just got back before everything. We just happened. got back, and then it was like to go on vacation, right. right? Around then, it's like, whoa, what what's going on here? And my trip that got canceled. Right. Hmm. It's almost it's surreal in a way. Like a movie, like it's in a movie kind in the back of, like, of your head. Yeah, it just. Like, did it, it really started, happen? It started with the lockdown and the virus and all that, and and that that was also very surreal. Uh, then we kind of get used to it. I think for the most part, and it's been the strangest year of my life, my adult life. Agreed. I'm I'm old enough to remember the '60s, and the '60s were were that whole decade was just crazy with people getting assassinated and riots, protests, all that going on as well. But I was a kid, so this. I, I don't know if this is better or worse than it was in the 60s, but it's definitely the strangest year I've had as an adult. Yeah. And most intense. Hard to uh, argue that. A Twitter poll that uh, Millennial Grant, a.k.a. MG, a.k.a. Mr. G, uh, put up about fans going to NFL games, 57% of you that have participated have said no. You would not go to NFL games. So that was our poll on KOA? Yeah, Grant? Okay. So more than half won't go. But how many do you need if you're only going to have 15,000 fans in the stadium? You only need about a what a third of them or a fifth of them to say, yes, I'll go. So I don't know how much you stake into that. but I think it depends on where we are when, when the season opens. Keep in mind, we're still a couple of months away from NFL football, at it least could, regular season. I mean, it could get worse by then, right? We don't know. I mean, I... It could, could take a turn. It could. I mean, it could definitely take I mean, a right turn. Right now, we're seeing we're seeing you know more cases as we mentioned in that nine o'clock hour this morning. More cases in Arizona and Florida and uh, Texas for sure. I think it's going to be interesting to see how those how those states handle uh, the surge. Here's a text from the three 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 zero. How does this year's events feel compared the to the unrest in the seventies? I'm too young. I'm very curious about those times or the sixties. I guess he said. 
Yeah, that's what I was just talking and about. We were, the 60s. we were too young. We were then. too young, really, for it to sink in. I mean, there, there, was plenty of, there was plenty of civil unrest. Well, when you think about this, uh, you had a president assassinated. You had his brother assassinated, who was a presidential candidate. You had the leading, leading civil, social, rights. Uh, civil rights activist in the world, Martin Luther King, assassinated. You had Malcolm X assassinated. So you've had, uh, this, and the Vietnam War going on as well. I, I think, to me, the 60s were worse hmm. than we are right now, but... I'd be curious to know what people who really lived through the 60s who are old enough to, you yeah. know, working and mm. old enough to know, they think it's worse. Yeah. Uh, 303-713-8585 from the 719-331. Just heard the story about Seattle and the bikers. Right on. Rick, we'll see you there. Uh, from the 720-338, I totally agree with Robert Johnson. He spoke the truth as well as your comments on the state of affairs. Here, here. That from Donna in Denver. I wonder if that's our regular caller, Donna, who we uh, very much enjoy. Uh, let's get back to phone lines. Last few minutes of our show today. Karen in Denver joins us on KOA. Hi, Karen. Hello. Hello. I have come up with a way that the Bronco Stadium could be filled 50% full and be social distancing. And it would be very easy if they can be 50% full. You just take um, everybody, most of its season ticket holders, just take everybody who has odd, it lives, or sits in an odd number row, and they go to the odd number games. The uh, people that sit in the even number rows go to the even number games, and they'd have to put it into a computer to do an algorithm to then say this person in row one who has four seats sits here. The person who sits in the next four seats sits in the um, row two. So they're filling it and spacing it out all the way through. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Not yeah. A bad, it seems yeah. Like that reasonable. Yeah. Seems reasonable. I'm sure the Broncos again are, are working. I mean, I know for sure they're working on contingency plans with respects respect to when they bring the players back and, um, you know, how that's going to look. The last thing I heard, not from the Broncos, but from uh, an NFL source, was that the preseason would consist of two games, not four, mm. the last two games. So the first two on on all the 32-team schedules will just disappear. And they just have one away and, and one home? And so they'll have one away, and each team will have one home game and one away. The, the, two, the last two preseason games this year – for the Broncos were scheduled to both be played at home. So one of those would turn into a road game. And as of today, I mean, I think the league is planning on starting at on on that uh, on that time. I wonder when they would announce that. We're already uh, end of June. Well, no reason to you mean which part? About saying, hey, we're gonna we're gonna cancel the first two preseason games. That that's probably coming up soon. I would think so. Yeah, that's probably coming up soon. Will they start camp on time? Uh, I, I think camp. I think that's July their plan. 28th. July twenty eighth is yep. the date. Wow! So I, th- I think that is uh, that no, is their plan. No fans in the stands for preseason. Haven't I haven't heard I, that? I, yeah, I mean, do I they need to be in the stands I for? I don't pre-season? know why you would need to have fans there. Although I I just read and Dave, you've mentioned this before that the NFL will lose three billion dollars if no fans are allowed in the stadium. 
just this season. One season, three billion. Yep. But preseason games, fans fans aren't really into preseason games much. No, it's kind anyway. of. Do you, we play pay for preseason games? You pay full boat. You pay full it, price. It doesn't. <laughs> I thought it was just kind of thrown in there. Mm, no, those are the tickets you gave to Dragon. <laughs> Let me just assure you. Now they'll go to Millennial Grand. <laughs> yeah. the, the NFL doesn't throw anything in there. Oh, you are charged, Jack on uh, Jack in Denver on KOA. Last call today. Hi, Jack. Hi. Uh, Dave, Rick, and Kathy. I listen to you guys all the time. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Jack. You've got a you've got a tough job. Here's the deal. I was born in 1948. Uh, it, it's it's just been a whirlwind. Uh, uh, I just started school when Brown versus the Board of Education uh, uh, issue got dealt with. Uh, I watched uh, on TV Khrushchev pounding the podium at the UN. Uh, went through the beginning, middle, and end of the Vietnam War era. And we are going to survive all of this. Uh, it won't be pretty. won't always be easy. But uh, our country uh, is a melting pot. And whether we like it or not, or accept it or not, everybody has a different point of view. The thing that is always, always let this country succeed, progress, is an evolution of ideas and and a frank discussion. And when the chips are down, believe it or not, the American people always rise to the occasion. The 60s were just incredibly device. You know, you mentioned earlier uh, President Kennedy getting assassinated, and anybody living then knows exactly where they were when that happened. Just like now, uh, people know where they were when 9-11 happened. Uh, Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, awful, awful things that happened in this country. And we got through it. Uh, the Vietnam War, you had kids... They weren't like you hear now people saying, well, if this person wins the election, I'm moving. I'm leaving the country. Well, in the 60s, people didn't even say that. They just left the country. Kids that didn't want to go to the Vietnam War went to Canada. Mm -hmm. They went other places. Uh, it was very divisive. Jack, really good points. Mm -hmm. We are out of time. We have to go. But thanks so much for calling. And that is going to do it for our show. We uh, thank you very much for being with us. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Thanks to Millennial Grant, Dragon Redbird. We miss you. Hope to see you soon. For Rick Lewis and Kathy Liam, Dave Logan, news next. Mandy Connell, noon to 3, 9 a.m. We're hopping back in the studio tomorrow morning on KOA News Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.